Hello, everybody. We are back for another episode here at the Sexy Scary Book Club. I'm Lisa. And I'm Jess. And uh, let's just get right into it today. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I was just saying I feel discombobulated because I didn't take very many notes. And I've now read... I don't know, four ahead since yeah. I finished this. So, ooh, the cobwebs yep. have already started growing in my brain. But yeah, I was impatient and I already, I started that to snap a silver stem. Oh, God. Um, One of my most anticipated <gasps> books of the year. Well, I, I'm laughing at myself because I was impatient. But if you remember, I didn't love that first yeah. one. I liked it, but I didn't mm-hmm. love it. But I don't know. I really want to see what's happening. But um, in typical just fashion, I don't remember the first one. I feel so lost already, but I'm plowing through it anyways. Uh, yeah, you were really on the fence about that one. I was. Uh, to, yeah. bleed, to bleed a crystal bloom, I believe. Mm-hmm. I think, wasn't my takeaway that it was just a little too rough? Like, it was just a little too bleak for me. Um, and this one so far is very bleak as well. But, you know, usually I like bleak, but I think just because of life, over the last couple of years i'm like no i want a little sunshine <laughs> for but sure it is and good. you never like whatever you read before the first book that can always influence my um Absolutely. opinion yeah no i just i also read another book right before this that uh deal with the elf king and i'm like i was kind of on the fence about that one too but i think i probably really liked it and i probably would have liked it even more if i hadn't been on a book hangover from the one that I had just read before that, you know, mm-hmm. it really can like affect how you feel about that book. So. Yeah, but I would recommend it's like it. a very perfect, like a perfect mix of elements that has to yep. fall in line, depending on like what mood you're in after the last book, like what kind of world are you feeling? Do you exactly. want something that's going to be really similar to the last book you finished? Or do you do you want something totally different? Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that's happened to me a few times where I've especially with series where I read a book and I'm like, I didn't really like that, but I'm, I like it enough to keep reading. And so then it's forever for the next book to come out. So you have to go back and reread that one again. And then you're like, Oh my God, I love it now. What was I thinking right. the last time? Well, that's what happened to me with freaking Poppy and Hawk. I was kind of like, it was okay. Yeah, it was good. I liked it. And then when I did the reread, I was like, Oh my God, what was I, what was I thinking? This is amazing. <laughs> That's what I thought the first time around. I'm like, how can you not be so excited about these characters? You were like so disappointed. Perfect... Yeah. I was a little oh. crustfallen. Yeah. <laughs> it's always but. like, I don't know, there's something, because we get so connected to these worlds and these characters mm-hmm. that you get protective over them. Or I don't know, it's like you feel, you take it personally when somebody's doesn't so get the true. same thing out of it that you do you're like well right? how is this even possible <sighs> i get so upset when people come for barons and like i can totally understand why they are but still i'm super protective i'm like no <laughs> you have to like best. him yeah oh, he really i think he is i think he's hands down the best alpha out of all the alphas that oh I've yeah read. he's my top yes. he's my top alpha of all time absolutely Reese from court of thorn and roses is definitely up there I'm not sure if he's number two. I would have to, yeah. We'll have to do an episode where we rank alphas. Favorite alphas. That's a, that's a tough one. Because it also yeah. is like, much like the mood that you're in for the book, like what type of alpha am I in the mood right? for? And like we've discussed, like there's kind of this new trend where we've got nice alphas. I'm like, is that kind of where we're headed? And uh, I mean, the nice alpha thing is starting to kind of grow on me. I kind of like it. So not sure. Can't yeah, say. yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's I can't even like fully formulate a response to that because I feel like there are too many layers. <laughs> you can't say nice alpha, <laughs> right? Like, well, nice in what way? Like, certainly there's some yes. some new trends that I'm appreciating that are you know of the more consensual right. nature. Exactly. Um, but yeah, there's other. I don't know. Like, they have to have some edge. We're going to explore that um, and some books that are coming up that I'm reading. Yeah. Because I think that mm-hmm. there's a very nice but not nice alpha in those books. And I actually that that alpha is kind of he's he's battling for the number one number, or number two spot for sure. 
<laughs> don't give it away. But I don't want to give it away because I can really, if you haven't read the first one, I could really give something away there. So I'm going to yeah. zip my well, lip. We'll be talking about that one in a, a few weeks here. We so. will. Yeah. But for well, yeah. today. Yeah. What are we talking about today? <laughs> we are talking about, shh, I've got a secret. Um, and I read The Smoke Thief by Shanna. I still, Shauna Abe. I did that last time too. I'm not quite sure how to say her first name. So my apologies if I'm saying it wrong. Um, but yeah, I read this book a while back and I didn't really remember it. I just remembered that I liked it. So I was happy to revisit it. Turns out I still like it, but I do have, have some reservations that we'll discuss. Um, but this one came out in 2005. So it's almost an oldie at this point, yeah. I suppose. Um, had a lot yeah. of life since then. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We all have, yeah. Um, let's just get into it. So we're in a world of dragon shifters which i love a good dragon shifter dragons are amazing they do call them draken but you know we all we all know that this is a dragon shifter um but it kind of opens with this we have a smoke thief um and they're dubbed that because they move through the shadows like smoke and steal all these jewels and we're in what are we in 18th century 18th century London. london yeah so like immediately you have like this nice backdrop and I've spoken to this before. Like, I love the books that take time, place in this time period because we already have a context and it's so lush and there's just so much, there's already so much that's just so romantic about this setting right off the bat. Um, so I love that. Um, but basically, she's also a member of this Draken community. Um, so when word of these thieves or these thefts are going around, it kind of like the Draken community is like, oh, wait a minute smoke thief we know what that is and so in enters the alpha draken kit and he's come to kind of find out where this thief is and bring them back because they're not supposed to really be out in society they're supposed to be in the community and remain there and if they're not there they're considered runners so he's going off to find this runner basically (laughs) and that's what the story is about (laughs) yeah it's a good synopsis yeah um there's more there to it um you do get some really nice flashbacks so you do know right off the bat that the smoke thief is our heroine and she does have a history with the alpha kit um nothing too involved basically she was just a young girl and had starry eyes for him um and had a huge big crush but he was you know into whatever the other women were in the little clan Um, she wasn't like part of the popular clique right she wasn't the popular crew largely because she happens to be half draken and half mortal um so you know just kind of snubbed not full draken right but interestingly enough as this story unfolds you discover that she did run away because she turned to a draken to a dragon and none of the females have been able to do that and so she is actually the most powerful one female in the clan um and is the rightful like alpha female Therefore, making her the mate to the alpha male kit. So the the man that she's crushing on is actually her mate. But she's fighting that. Like, she wants her freedom, which I love that. It's always a good twist. Um, And so she's actually, when she turned, she, I don't, she faked her death or something. And then she ran off to London and she became this smoke thief. And I always love how the dragons, like, I always love it when they really explore that, like, the nature of the dragon where they just want jewels. They want finery. Like, they can't help themselves. They're always going to be a little vain, and they want the shiny jewels, you know? (laughs) And that's very much her character. Like, she's stealing these things because she wants the shiny jewels. Um, And then also, like, you know, it's a way for her to survive outside of the clan and, you know, have her own income. Yeah, I mean, she's, like, quite the lady. She's got, you know, like, a nice house and a staff of people that work for her that don't ask a lot of questions because they're paid well and (laughs) yeah and they all know that there are some mysteries going on and she actually is in london society but as a man um count something so she's actually like courting women like at these parties and then stealing all their jewels which i also think is fantastic um (laughs) but yeah for the most part i really liked this book and you know like i said you kind of immediately get wrapped up in this like romantic scenery um, and it's just a really lush world. Uh, I did have some issues with the the sexy. Uh, mm. It was really rapey. <laughs> like, like, you know, so I think like, I think you can forgive it a little because you're, you obviously know 
that Rue, Clarissa, um, definitely has feelings for Kit. Like, she definitely wants to be with Kit on some level. But when they get down to it, he, like, straight up says, like, rape or seduction, I'm taking it. Like, so I just, I don't know. That was a little, it kind of, it crossed a line for me, for sure, because he was very clear, like, he'd rape her right now because she's his. And I was really uncomfortable But he didn't. He didn't. I mean, what, my takeaway take from that, but he didn't, though. Like, I don't know. My takeaway from that is culturally that would be something that would be okay to do in the Draken community. But I don't know. Honestly, like, I don't even remember. Didn't have any problem with it at all. Really? <laughs> so I don't know why. Yeah. Oh, but- my gosh. He straight up says, rape or seduction, I will take either. I find that Yeah, so he did say that. I do remember him saying that. But I, it seemed like an empty threat to me at the time, which I guess doesn't make it any better because he still right. said it. And that was the <laughs> idea was that he wanted her to, to believe that. Or did he even say it to her? Did he say it to his counsel? I don't remember. Oh, he was saying it like while they were together, like in like that was his in his mind while they were getting it on. Basically, like if she oh, says okay. no right now, I I'm I taking it. I can't stop. Far. I can't stop. Yeah, which I'm okay with that. I'm okay when they say like, "Hey, if this doesn't stop now, this isn't gonna stop." And then you get your consent, and like, yes, that's hot. I love it. Let's go. But like, there was none of that. <laughs> it was like all in his head, and. And then they just did it. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I remember issues. finding that scene really hot. So I guess that maybe I need to look inward there. <laughs> well, so that's the thing, though, is that the setup of this idea of like mated, like they're mated, they're going to be together. He knows it. She knows it, even though she's denying it. Um, and she has really good motivation for denying it. I will say that. Um, I like that setup. And I like it when they are kind of like vulnerable and they're like, fine, like, we're going to acknowledge this. Let's do it. Um, I, I think that's super hot. But this, because the fact that he brought up the word rape, I'm like, why did we do that? Because I really ruined it for me. Yeah. I, okay, yeah. yeah. That's totally valid. I'm just yeah. now I'm just questioning myself why I just like blew past it like do 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 that's hot. <laughs> um because I mean I think for what I just said because we read so many books where that is the setup it's just not stated quite that clearly. Um and so that probably you you were in that world you knew what was going on and you were into it so you were reading and you didn't get taken aback by that cuz you were just like blazing through it cuz we are used to those kinds of dynamics. Yeah, and I think maybe another thing is at, at that point in the story, um, you know his character. Like, his actions have shown what his character is like. Um, so that e- even though he might not even believe that of himself, I don't think he, he that would have happened if she hadn't been into it. Right. Because he was also so deeply concerned about making her feel trapped because he cared for her. And you get these glimpses that while she felt like she had stars in her eyes for him when she was younger, but he never noticed a thing about her because she was just this little, I mean, he calls her mouse. Just this little mousy, awkward girl who was nothing like the sophisticated, um, like high class female Drake and that he was normally like fraternizing with but you also get little glimpses from his perspective where she absolutely was noticed and while Mm -hmm. he did find her mousy (laughs) there was also something about her that intrigued him from the start even when they were children yeah Um, and you also understand right away that these couplings that he's having with you know He's like the whore of the village, basically. That's that's outlined pretty well, clearly. Well, because everybody wants to be with him because they know he's the alpha. He's power. So, like, yeah, all the girls want to mate. Yeah, but he's very bored by that. And all of these are really empty encounters for him. Which initially doesn't make him a more likable character because there's this idea that all of these these women are just throwaways. 
Um, but we do meet one who is awful. this vicious and unkind yeah. person. So <laughs> I don't know if this is true for everybody that he's having sexual encounters with, but you you do get the idea from her side that it's it's not about love. It's about power. And she's only interested in being with him and, and possibly marrying him or she thinks she has the right to at that stage because she's the most powerful female. Of course, not knowing anything about the fact that Clarissa is Actually, about to turn <laughs> and take right. over. Which was rape. kind of a weird... I don't understand like why um, the half-dragon, half-mortal would end up being the strongest. Um, and I would have liked to understand that. I think that could have been something that could have been explored and would have been really cool and interesting. But it was just kind of like a, a mention. I think it really was just about why she felt like an outsider in the community i feel like it was the only reason that that was there yeah so it could have been more it totally could have been more and it's funny because i had no recollection of reading this book i didn't either (laughs) like i had been seeing it a lot on lists and i was like oh this sounds good and it would fit that (laughs) shy of a secret theme so i'm gonna assign it and read it as well and then when I opened up my Kindle to read it, the book was at 100%. And I was like, my mind was blown because I had no memory at all of reading this book. And then I look on and I see that it's a series of, is it like seven books or five books? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh, I must have hated it because I didn't read any of, like, I didn't purchase any of the the following books. Um and then I realized that that's because even though it's a series, it is still kind of a standalone. A standalone. Thank you. I was going to say a one-off. I'm like, that's not the <laughs> phrase I'm yeah. looking for. Because all of the other books are like about the same world and the same community of, of Draken, but different couples or different yeah. characters. So it's, you know, yes, a series. And I'm always like, oh, we need more good standalones. We need more of them. Like, why does everything have to be a series? But then every time I read one, I'm like, oh, this isn't, this is, you haven't given this enough time to like create this world or answer these questions in a satisfying way. And that's absolutely how I felt with this book. Like, I definitely started remembering parts of it when I was doing my reread, but I also remembered so, like, normally I think I would have gone on to read other ones in the series because, like, I like the world. I like the writing. And so even though it's, like, not quite as exciting to go to the next book when it's some sort of cliffhanger and you're like, oh, I got to stay yeah. with this couple and find out what happens. Um, but I don't know why I didn't, uh, except for maybe, like, we were reading other things or there was a different series and then I just kind of forgot about it. I don't know. So I also pondered this same question and then I realized, Oh, I didn't go on because the next book is like the love story of Zane, which is her like young adopted child. And I just didn't, I, I'm, I'm gonna assume that time has to pass because he's not very Oh old. yeah. I think yeah. That's and given. I just, I had a hard time. Like, I'm like, I don't, I just got to know these characters. I don't want to like jump forward 10 years and then hear about the love story of her child, which I thought that was a weird character. Anyways, I wasn't really sure what, why Zane existed in this world, but now I'm like, okay, maybe it was just so there could be more books, sadly, because he's not a dragon. I kept expecting some kind of secret to come up, but he was just, he's a street kid that she rescued because she had compassion. So it spoke to her character, but I didn't really know why he was in he didn't need to be in the story and neither did the secondary runner. Honestly, I don't know why we yeah, had a whole well, I other think runner. Like it needed. I, yeah. I don't really know why I, I was thinking like, so we didn't talk about the diamond that got stolen. So when Kit goes to London, the, the whole idea of like catching this runner is that they're gonna, there's this important diamond to their tribe. And I guess it, it helps them get energy or, 
I didn't know, understand like, the diamond either. That was another one of my questions. I'm like, I, what? Like, other than dragons just love jewels. Like, why it's like is the heart this... of their tribe? Like, but why? you know, it's like, that yeah. whole idea that that's where dragons get their power right? from. This one, it's the diamond. same as like the Zodiac Academy, where he's like lounging in the treasure, yeah, because he's like getting his getting strength his and energy from that. And so I, I think it's like this beacon of of power for their tribe where they can all draw energy and power from and so they use that as like a, a trap to draw the runner the out smoke to see thief. if he can they can get him to steal it so that they can catch him and you think that it's Clarissa because she's been also been keeping that a secret from us the audience that she's not the one that's been stealing all these jewels, that there's actually another runner. She's stolen she some of them, oh, but not all yeah. of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but she ends up, like, being able to use that as a bargaining chip to... Right, and that's why I'm like, okay, so maybe the other runner had to exist so that we could build a relationship, because that's ultimately why Kit and Clarissa Aru end up working together, is because she's like, hey... I will help you find this other runner and I'll get you hurts back because I know that that is the utmost important thing. And then you let me have my freedom because the minute he finds her, he's like, Hey, we're getting married. You're the alpha. Like we're, we're getting married. There's no question about it. So she kind of figures out a way to get out of that so she can maintain her freedom. And that, I mean, for that reason, yes, we needed an additional runner. I wouldn't have minded if the whole story would have been about something different, though, because I did feel kind of cheated. Like, when I assigned this book to you, like, yes, she's got a secret, but that secret is discovered, like, almost instantly. And I yes. wouldn't have minded that the story being about that. Like, about right. Kit she not... Shift. Yes, or, like, Kit meeting her being intrigued by her not making the connection that she's Clarissa which he makes pretty instantly that she's this mouse girl and there being like more about her keeping that secret identity that she is Draken and him like not understanding why he's pulled toward her but that he yeah. is or maybe even like there being another runner but I don't know. Like, she's helping him, but he doesn't know why. Like, she just has some sort of information about this person. I don't know. I just would have mind. I would have liked her secret to stay a secret for longer in the book. Because yeah. I really liked that whole setup of her living this other life in Me London too. where she's got all these different personas and she's stealing these jewels. And I feel like we just did not really get to see that at all. We got a glimpse of it and she's discovered. And then the book becomes about something else. Kit being rapey. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't until the end. I did think um, that scene where like he like kind of pushes her to turn basically. And then they're up in the sky being all dragony. And then he like pulls her down and they like crash through that building. That was a really good scene. I loved that. So I, I did like the the dragon play. I thought it was really well done. I did. And I <laughs> liked all the sexual tension between them because, yeah. well, you know, from the very beginning that she's got feelings for him because the book starts with her as that Pining. young girl. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, it's that whole thing with the, with the idea of mates in a book. It's like that you're predestined to be with one another and there's no choice in it. And for Rue, she loves him as a, as a young girl and realizes that when she can turn, she is the one that's destined for him. Yeah. But she, I mean, she has her other reasons. Like she doesn't want to feel trapped in that village for a lot of other reasons, not feeling like she belongs there being treated poorly because her father was um human but also she doesn't want she doesn't think that kit would ever love her but it would just be an obligation to be with her because he's the most powerful and she's the most powerful and so she doesn't want to get him like that she wants a love match which that's respectful and also like it totally um I think about that's a lot how like twilight captured so many people and i think it, it was because it did play on these like 
teenage heartstrings that we a lot of us have or like you know the the boy you have the crush on ends up liking you back and it's this huge epic love right um because so often in real life we're like well that's not how that happens we all know that um, and this definitely plays into that where she's like well I was young and naive like I probably didn't really even love him you know like that's just not how this works out like he doesn't truly have feelings for me let's be like realistic about it but then it turns out like you know her her instincts were right. Her heart was telling her the truth. Like that was her, her mate and her person. And that's just dreamy. <laughs> that gets you in the heart. <laughs> yeah, I agree. But, yeah. And I, I just would have, I don't know. I understand why I didn't go on to read more of these because there was a lot that I liked about it. I do like her writing style and I do like her world building. And I, I also love books that take place in that, time period um but I just there uh, there's just something missing for me yeah it didn't quite have the magic yeah and I yeah. really I even really liked their chemistry and the sexual tension and the way that the sex was written when they did get to it with the you know aside from the rapey line <laughs> um I thought there was like enough of it there was a a satisfying build for me before they got to it yeah no that was actually really well done I think like, enough of it in the series where it kept me happy through the end um but yeah I don't know I it seemed it felt rushed yeah because I just I wanted to see I wanted more of her world without Kit and then I wanted more them more time to develop these true feelings for one another to, to like have that time to explore how they really felt versus what's the mating bond. Yeah. It just seemed really rushed at the end. But there were a lot of elements about it that I that I liked. So I don't know. I mean, I did re- end up recommending it to my other two friends that read this genre. But I just said, you know, this one's a, a good fast read, but it didn't knock my socks. Yeah. <laughs> no, and like, I mean, I'm, I've read it twice at this point. And I enjoyed it both times. So I'd recommend it. You know, yeah, I read the first time. I, I mean, I don't remember the first time I read it very well, but I do remember I read it really quickly. Like I remember that I was camping and I was just like, that's all I did was read that book. So, <laughs> yeah, I read it really quickly too. It definitely was an A enjoyable read. Yeah, it just wasn't like the perfect book for me. There was yeah. part elements that I would have tweaked to really like sit in that place in my heart <laughs> exactly to like lodge in there is like one of your favorites that you would go back to or tell people about like yeah but I would read more I don't know if I will because it's probably going to be the same thing I'm going to back burner it for other books and then forget all about it um but yeah I mean I don't know what's your like rating for sexy and scary I mean we always I mean it was sexy way. I would definitely give it the sexy the the sexy approval because it was like you said, like it had a good burn. They had good dynamics. They had good banter. They had good sex. I just really didn't like the whole rapey vibe of it. Other than that, it was great. So I don't know what our, we change our rating every time. Let's say five peppers. It gets five peppers. <laughs> I um, think we should use eggplants. I, I mean, hate not eggplant, that, though. Not that like either my... one of them are revolutionary in any way. <laughs> eggplant is like the only, like, I love food. I will try anything once. Like, I'm very adventurous with my food, right? My food on a plate eating, Lisa. Um, <laughs> but eggplant is the one thing I'm like, ew, I don't want to eat eggplant ever. Don't give me any eggplants. Mm-hmm. Gross. I hate it. Right. It also makes me feel like crap. I think I'm allergic to it. So that yeah, a lot home. of people are. Yeah, but um. Anyways, I mean, if you want to do eggplant, fine. No, not after that. What's something Let's long and spicy and with a good girth? Dragons. Dragons. <laughs> spicy dragon. I mean, it doesn't have to be food. It doesn't have to be food. That's true. Oh no. Just listeners, please help us. We're not creative enough to have a rating system. <laughs> yeah, but yes, I definitely give this book sexy. This book's, yeah. <laughs> sexy, first and foremost, I think. How many uh, out of five? Uh, let's How say 4.5. Oh, yeah, that's okay. Because it's pretty sexy. Okay. 
I wouldn't go that high, but um, yeah, beer rating. So, okay. I thought it was pretty sexy with the exception of the rapey thing, which, Mm. you know, um, knocks it down. But I'm like all about the burn. So if you give me a good burn and then you give me a good grand hurrah, I'm going to be loyal, you know? (laughs) So well, obviously not because you haven't read any of the other ones. I can be loyal to this one book. This one book is my mate, not the that's true because it's a different couple. So you're yes. being loyal to that that yeah. coupling. Uh, I don't really think it was scary, but you know, I mean, it's yeah, scary to I lose did. your freedom, maybe. But <laughs> I did like it wasn't scary, but I did really like the scene where they go into the menagerie. I mean, I didn't yeah, like it because fun. there's some obvious like animal abuse going on, as there 100 percent would have been. But they speak to that- it. They do speak to it. So I like that. And there's a little like afterward where they end up purchasing the menagerie and expanding it basically. So I was like, all right, animal lovers unite. Um, But anyway, so the runner had hidden the diamond or we think the runner had hidden the diamond in the alligator pond. And so I I really enjoyed that scene where they had to work together to, to figure out how to get that out without being eaten by an alligator. And I mean, that was scary because like, (laughs) I could not stop thinking about how nasty that water had to be because we've all like, you know, seen the habitat from maybe we haven't all, but most of us have seen like a habitat for like alligators or crocodiles. Like it's and gross. back then in London, it's got to make conditions yeah. were a lot worse for them. Yeah, like it's so nasty. So I was just like, and then of course he does end up getting an infected leg, and I'm like, thank you, thank you for that bit of realism. I really appreciate that because <laughs> yeah, that was gross. And the whole time, I I can't stand like stagnant water anyways. So like that really that was creepy to me. <laughs> that was scary to you. <laughs> that was scary. Yes, that was very scary. <laughs> <laughs> don't make me wade through alligator shit crocodiles yeah. it, was, it was as alligators yeah it, i think so yeah. yeah could have been crocodiles i suppose <laughs> i'm not i'm not 100 percent on that i'm not gonna we need to know the difference what did we see in new orleans well, those are gators alligators, alligators. Yeah. yeah um don't ask me the difference one's fresh water i think they're diff- different type of habitats and i know that crocodiles have narrower jaws yeah. and like their teeth like interlock when their mouth closes as opposed to what other whatever other type of jaw hinge that alligators have. So crocodiles are like and the crocodiles are more aggressive, I've I heard. say aren't they more aggressive? Yeah, alligators are more chill. Okay. <laughs> There we go. But I'm not sure, you know, as far as where they come from, but I know there's some sort of, obviously. Water issue. Yeah. Fresh <laughs> Saline issue. Salt water. I don't know. Yeah, I'm going to stop. Well, the alligators we Science. saw were fresh water. They, they, they dumped out into salt water, but they were living in the fresh water. So let's just assume alligators are fresh water. Sure. Okay. I love assuming. You know what's so funny, uh, though, when I started this book, I was (laughs) so confused because I had no memory of it, but I had like, it starts with they're talking about the Carpathian Mountains. And I was like, like, oh, yeah, I read this book. I loved this book. And then I realized it was the book you read that took place there that I was thinking of. So, like, oh, how funny. Is it the same area? Because I didn't even. It is. It's the same, like, they, I mean, the book, this book is not there at all. It's one little mention in the very beginning about where the Hertz diamond is. And then I just latched onto that right away because it's the same way that your book starts where they're like in the Carpathians. So odd little connection and nice. Yeah. So I forgot about that and I should make a point of saying, I hate it when books start like that. So that was a strike against it for me. I hate it when it starts with some sort of mythological narration, just get into the story. Like, I'm bored. You, I can barely get through this right now. Like, I don't just get to the story and then find out a way to tell me about that through the, the character. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. Cause that's like a total like fantasy trope. Like, every good fantasy movie starts with that, like, in the day, da, 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 you know? And so I love it. I'm like, yeah. 
All right. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to get into a magical world here. There's some history. There's going to be political intrigue, probably. <laughs> I like all that stuff. I just don't like it right before you meet anybody or I don't like it when it starts like that from I don't know it just for me it is like you just want to get into the story yes like I, I like all of that information given to me I like a rich history and back world but I just don't like it when it's presented that way how do you feel about the beginning of the Star Wars movies oh I don't like Star Wars at all <gasps> me. I know I'm like oh, yeah all I'm right not a, I'm not a Star Wars girl I don't okay, like space okay. Which is <laughs> what about oh Lord of the Rings? Well, it's okay. Yeah, okay. I like Lord of the Rings. Okay, okay. I, I don't like the books though. Well, they're they're heavy. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't even read them all, but I think I've read the first two. Too oh. boring. Too I much. read them when I was young. Um, yeah, too much. They scared me. Scene setting. I, I don't. Yeah, I, don't I, I understand that. Too, too slow paced. I can appreciate the beauty of really like setting a scene. But then also, yeah, I do get to where I'm like, can we just get to the point? Like, I get it. This is a beautiful field. You know, sun is glistening off the leaves. There's a gentle breeze reminding you of better days. Like, you know, like, okay. Like, let's There's, just get to the there story. There are plenty of well-crafted things, writing, movies, fill in the blank that I can appreciate, but I just don't want to watch. Like, I can okay. fully respect the absolute talent that it takes to do that, to write that way, to make a movie that's very sweeping and epic. I'm not saying I never want to read them. It depends. No. I'm just saying it, it takes more than that for me to get Got absorbed. Got it. And Star Wars... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, look, I don't hate it. I just don't care. I'm very ambivalent about Star Wars. And I think part of the reason is because I never watched it when I was younger. Like oh. I did I wasn't introduced to it until I was a little bit older. I don't know why. I mean, you know, obviously it was the generation behind us. Yeah, but those movies we were, were everywhere young. when we were little. Yeah, they were. But yeah. I never I never connected to it and then by the time I did watch it, I just I didn't have that nostalgia element. And so, yeah, oh, man. I just never connected to it, really. I loved Ewoks, and I had this little yeah. stuffed Ewok, and it was like my pride and joy. I thought it was the coolest thing ever. Yeah, but. I never had any Star Wars toys or sheets or... <laughs> I was never that hardcore, like, you know, but I, I did like Star Wars, and I still like Star Wars. Yeah. I mean, I, like I still... I liked the... I liked the first one anyway of the the newer movies that came out and but yeah even I realized when we went the new to, new movies not the middle new movies because those oh are no <laughs> but yeah we actually just got done rewatching all like all of the Star Wars movies by the oh. date they came out not like where they are in the story but oof yeah those '90s ones were <sighs> very challenging to get through yeah I had watched the first two. At least two other times in my life. I don't think I ever made it all the way through the second one. Both times I tried to watch it. So I this time I did. And finally watched the the last one of, of you know, Hayden Christensen turning into Darth Vader. I've seen that and one I, a couple times. That one was more palatable for me than the first, the two before Well, that's it. what I kept hearing, but I fully disagree. I think that was the, <laughs> maybe the worst, the worst one of the three. <laughs> Hated it. Hated it from top to bottom. Hated everything about those movies except for you and McGregor because I love you and McGregor. I have the higher ground. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I ever think. <laughs> yeah. Awful. Well, I just got some wonderful flashbacks because they just came out with that Obi Wan show, um, and they yeah. actually did flashback to that that scene, some of the scenes in that mm. movie. So, anyways, this is not a Star Wars podcast. I know. Yeah, we we. We digress. And we are not like, I mean, I bet you there are some Star Wars podcasts out there that are incredible and super detail oriented. Oh, I'm sure there are are many people. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I wasn't trying. I know nothing about Star Wars. Pitifully little. (laughs) Um, Yeah. What did you read? I read. Ooh, what did I read? I read The Scribe by Elizabeth Hunter. And it is book one of seven of the, I don't know. 
is it Iron Chronicles? Erin. I, I, yeah, I didn't know either. Oh, I just made it up. Maybe it's Erin. That could be it. I have no idea. Like, I, yeah. Either one of us could be wrong or right. So, yeah. I just, yeah, I just wanted a second opinion. So, Erin. Okay. Erin. I'm going to go with Erin. But then I say Irina. <laughs> yeah. Irina. So, I don't Irina. know. Irina. Irina. Whatever. It I was released know. in. 2013 so it's older i purchased it in 2016 which is clearly when you recommended it it to me (laughs) and also like a chump because it's kindle unlimited and i have that subscription now but of course i had already bought this book oh like (laughs) 2.99 i bought it too you know yeah so here's my synopsis so ava is a lonely travel photographer Uh, preferring to take assignments in remote places with less tourism. And this is because Ava has a secret. Since childhood, her mind could never quiet because she can hear the minds of others. She can't read their thoughts exactly because the language of the mind that she hears people in is not a language that she knows or is familiar with. Um, But she can understand the, the, like, feeling the general feeling behind the content of their thoughts so she does get these glimpses of you know pain or greed or danger or you know whatever the the tenor of their thoughts is but it's like this constant barrage um so she finds herself in i think it's istanbul is where she starts after being referred to a doctor there by one of the like many shrinks that her desperate mother and stepfather arranged for her to see during her travels. And this doctor has apparently helped other people with her particular affliction, though she's heard that before and she's very suspicious about it. Um, so in Istanbul, she crosses paths with Malachi who's a mysterious security detail that she assumes has been hired by her stepfather, who has done that from time to time. And there's something different about Malachi. Her mind seems to be kind of at peace around him a little bit more than with others, though she can still like hear other people. He has this kind of quieting effect on her. And then when Malachi starts to speak to her, in the language that she has heard in her mind from other people, she realizes that he is not hired security after all, and he's got a secret of his own. Ooh, I got excited <laughs> just hearing that synopsis. I love it. So, yeah, so this is a book about angels. And so it's angels, a, right? Yeah, okay. so that's a new one for me. I've never read a, an angel book <gasps> that's before. That's right, you've never read think, Melanie Wait, King. I read one. I read one that you recommended to me about. Archangel's Kiss? I don't even remember now. It was like a fallen angel story. He was like a, I think it was another one that it was a series, but everyone was their own that, character. Well, no, because she's, it could have been Melanie. I don't know. She's got like some of them he's connect like and some of them are standalone. He's like dying or something. He's huh. like tormented and the love interest has to bring him up from the- I don't know. That <laughs> I that was, that's much. the only other remember. angel book I've ever read. Unless yeah. I guess the horsemen are technically angels. I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, yeah. Pestilence. Yeah, I guess that falls into the same category. Yeah. I, not, I not one I've read much about. Yeah, I I don't know that I would be um drawn to an angel book on my own if it hadn't been like recommended to me by somebody whose taste I trust um so this one yeah so I really enjoyed it I absolutely was like excited about the first book and I read it really quickly and I actually went on to read the second book and I have to say like I kind of I don't know. Like my interest declined somewhere in the middle of the second book, and I noticed I was reading it more slowly. So I don't, I'm not sure what happened there. Uh, there are seven of these books, and I kind of looked ahead on the synopses. The first three of them are about Ava and Malachi, and then the rest of them are about different characters. 
So I still haven't finished their story. I, and I, I do plan to. I just ran out of time to keep reading <laughs> it yeah. right now. Um, so Ava. So, yeah. So she finds out kind of I, I did really enjoy the way that they stretched this mystery out because for quite some time, she thinks that Malachi is the security detail when in fact he is Irene. What did we say it was? Erin. Erin, which is they are essentially the offspring of the fallen angels who had come down from heaven during the whole like Lucifer thing, Lucifer, I think. Yeah. And tried to live amongst humans. And this created offspring with some of the humans. But eventually, the majority of these fallen have this realization that they're not meant to live amongst humans and they need to go back to heaven because they're, they do have like neg a negative impact on humanity. Really, like they can't touch humans because they draw their energy out of them and, it, and make them sick. Uh, but they still end up copulating with them in this results in offspring. But usually it's like a negative impact to the human woman and they die a lot of they the time. Die. Well, that's yeah. bleak. So most of the fallen go back to heaven. But they leave their offspring there who are half human, half angel. And they have go like come together in these tribes where their divine mission is to watch over humanity because there are some fallen angels that have decided to stay on Earth and they're the bad angels. Great havoc. And they're continuing to create offspring. But so, like, I don't know if it's in the decision that they stayed on Earth that in and of itself makes them bad. Because these offspring that they're having aren't Erin. They're something else. They're called the Grigori. And they revel in being able to feed off of the energy. They're kind of like succubus. So I they, don't remember any of this. So I'm they so live. <laughs> so they're like the enemy of the Erin. And so the Erin okay. basically travel around and kill these Grigori when they catch them harming women. It's like this uneasy alliance they have. They're not supposed to hunt them out. But if they're in an area and they're creating like a disturbance that's getting they noticed. stumble on them. Then they'll kill them. And when they kill them and the Erin, they crumble into dust. So it's kind of like a Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I just thought that. I was like, like Buffy. Yay. Which is uh, very like neat and tidy, right? Like that's yeah. the best explanation because otherwise I think about that in a lot of other books that we read. It's, and they do address it in Fever where, you know, like. What do you, you do with the body? Yeah, what do you do with the body? Like they're, they, they don't disappear when you kill them. So it, I would imagine it leaves a mess. Yeah. So that's that's a neat and tidy way to to explain that. So um, is Ava, is she a Erin? Like, is she half angel? Yeah. Is that why she, okay. I'm like, I so, not remember. I just remember I liked the book. <laughs> so you have these group of Erin that are living in different places all over the world. They usually have a, a handler who's like the head of the, the house that they're in. And he's in charge of the rest of the guys that live there. And their right, power is true. over the written word. So they're immortal, basically. And they've lived for hundreds and hundreds of years. And as they go along, they tattoo these spells into their skin because the power that they have is, is in the word. And so when they're fighting these Grigori, they have different types of spells that they've done over the years for protection and longevity. And, it's like runes. Yeah. And it's this you know powerful ceremony that they go through when they're doing each of these spells. And I think you it's like a progression of power. So that's why you, you get more powerful as you go along and have access to these higher level spells. Um, and so, you know, they're able to activate those in, in a fight and it gives them super power. And so the Grigori don't have this, 
Like they don't want to mess around with the Eren. They're not as strong. They're oh, strong okay. over the human world, but usually they'll they'll die in a fight with an Eren. They're not like the Eren are never worried about going into battle. Like they can handle multiple Gregory. Um, but there's this war that's going on, and it all starts because there were Irina, and that's the human offspring of these fallen angels and their power is in their voice and you get this idea right away once you learn about them that they're actually much more powerful than the men yes like the they can do spells with they sing they They have a lot of other types of talents like they're seers depending on which angel they're descendant from so way back when like hundreds of years ago Maybe not hundreds, but quite a long time ago, the Gregory invaded and murdered the majority of the Irina in something called the Rending. And so most of the Iren men are now alone because also this is a a mate culture. So you have your mate in this other Irina and that's who you're destined to be with and you become more powerful, the both of you when this connection is forged. And so now most of the men have lost their mates during the rending because so many died. And out of fear, which I'm not, they don't really explain this because they lay the groundwork that this group is so much more powerful, but they're hiding, basically. So the Irina have gone into hiding after the rending because they don't want to be hunted and murdered by these Grigori. And so they're still around. And I think they're also like the ones that still have mates. They're they're angry because it's it was the Irin's job to protect them and they didn't and they were murdered. But they're more powerful. But they're more powerful. So it's yeah, a little bit of a uh, I don't know. Something's lacking in the way that they describe this. Um but basically, like most of the Iron men have been left alone and they're lonely for they don't have mates. And there's no possibility of finding one, really, because all of the Irina are either in hiding or they're just not enough of them. I love that the Irina are like, we are giving you the ultimate silent treatment because you did not protect us like you were supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> They'll still come together sometimes. They just won't live together anymore. So there's there's this weird silent treatment. yeah it's it's uh i don't know it's interesting but i don't know if i how satisfying it was um was there sexy time i don't remember there was sexy time it was all right i'm gonna give it like three out of five okay spices like there was some you do have to wait for it uh, very obviously foreshadowed that Ava and Malachi are mates and she is an Irina that's been lost to them because she's been raised in secret. She's got a mysterious past because they don't understand where she came from. Her father, we learn, has been estranged from her. He's this famous singer. And she, uh-huh. he's been in her life on and off throughout her entire life, but she only learned that he was actually her biological father quite recently. And I have a feeling that we're going to learn more about him as the story moves along. But right now, we don't know anything except likely the Irina genealogy has come from his side of the family. But okay. who is he... Is he a Gregory? Is he a fallen angel? I bet you he's an angel. Well, I wonder because we do meet a couple of the fallen angels. So there's a war going on and there's one named Jaron. Jaron? <laughs> Is it J-A-R-R-O-N? It's just one R. J-A-R-O-N. Jaron. Jaron could be. And the fallen can shapeshift. They can hide in plain sight. So we do, I'm going to do one spoiler and give away that he is actually Dr. Sadik, 
who she goes to meet who can help her and he's giving her these these treatments that are basically teaching her how to meditate (laughs) that's right (laughs) to help her quiet the voices and so he reveals himself to be this fallen angel and he's showing her these visions and we don't know if they're what could be or what will be he's trying to help her and we don't really understand why so then i'm like ooh is he her dad and he can just look like her dad when he wants to or is he like is her dad one of his grigori cuz all of these fallen angels they're like still fucking the ladies out there and they're yeah. making all these Grigoris. And there's way more Grigoris now than there are Erin because no more Erin are being made. They're like the good guys. So all their dads went back up to heaven. But can a Grigori, a Grigori can't make an Erin, right? Or Irina? I don't know. Oh. I mean, they don't think so. <laughs> but they haven't, I don't know. So I haven't discovered the mystery of where Ava comes from. Because Ava's just learning about herself, that she is an Irina and what that means, and this connection to Malachi. And it's it's a very sweet love story. I do like the slow burn because they're drawn to each other from the get-go, but he doesn't really understand what she is. Like, he suspects that she could be an Irina, but it's so outlandish and, like, out of the realm of possibility because they don't realize that Irina could be hidden. And then once they find out that she is one, she's like cherished in their house and they're all doting all over her. And um, they're all, they have hope because their race is dying out. And so they think, well, if you're out there, then maybe there are more Irina out in the world that don't know what they are. So we can all mate. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so like maybe there's more people have mates out out there so they're all kind of like jealous of malachi when they realize that he's found his mate and they're like we want one too oh and he can like get it on with her without making her sick right yeah like, so, so like initially if they try they'll get yeah, people sick okay exactly and there are other irena like you learn later in the story that like you know some of them have mates they just live apart for whatever reason and like some of them you know just meet up with other Irina that they know aren't their mate but you know still got needs <laughs> right um but yeah so their relationship is kind of a slow burn because they're both into each other from the get-go but obviously before he realizes she's an Irina she's worried about he's worried about touching her because he doesn't want to hurt her kill her um and then when he discovers that she is an Irina. It's like, I know I'm your mate, but I kind of like a similar, similar to your story that you read. He wants her, her to have a choice. Yeah. So maybe this it's handled in a better way than yours was because he, he wants her to get there on her own. So he's all of a sudden starting to be standoffish because he doesn't want to be like too much too soon because he's like, oh, my God, I know you're my mate, but you don't know that yet. You're just figuring out who you are. So I don't want you to I want you to come to me because you realize you love me on your own and not because you Aww. feel like it's this faded thing that has to be. But like once he realizes he can touch her, does he touch her? Like because that they have this like really they come together in this really hot, goodness. passionate okay. kiss, but there's no sex. Okay. Why and then I not he's like any of this. And then his handler Damien's like you got to back off because it's too much too soon and he huh. helps him realize you're right, you know, I need to let her come to terms with this and and make the choice on her own. Uh, and so then there's nice. that torturous. Yeah, so he is also an example of a nice alpha. Yeah. And then there's that like you know he wants to just like rip her clothes off but he's being a good person and letting her choose that's hot i like that i love Mm -hmm. a good burn like that that's one of my favorites yeah and then they do come together and it is yeah i yeah i will definitely come back to it but it's just i was so excited about it at first i was like oh this is gonna be another one of those series those like quintessential series and then during the second book i just lost its luster 
Yeah. Well, it's interesting because I didn't read the second one. I'm like, that's weird that I would remember. I loved it, recommend it and not read the second one. So I don't. Yeah, because it has a cliffhanger ending, too. And I'm trying not to do too many spoilers for the people that haven't read it and want to go on to read it. But Mm. it definitely ends in a way where you're like, I got to. See what happens next. Huh? And then the second book is. It okay. Um, I can't say it without spoiling it, but they are like a part. I'll just say that. So okay. maybe that's why it was slower. Because there's nothing oh. worse than like when characters come together and it's like, Duh! and then something happens and drives separated. them apart, and then it's like half the book where they're not even. Yeah, new together. moon syndrome, man. Yeah, it's which rough. I ended up. I liked that book. I'm thinking of the movie because I only read through that series once. But That's actually my favorite book, but I did have that like feeling of like, oh, where's Edward, you know? Yeah. Um, I think that's kind of all I have to say about it. What, what about sad. sexy? Oh, you gave it three? Yeah, I gave it three sexy. I, it's not scary to me at all. I, like, I don't think I remember any scary I would in say it. zero scary. I mean, there's zero. definitely suspenseful moments when the Grigori and the Irin are fighting. But nothing that was scary. So zero Nobody scary. Nobody almost dies or anything? Three sexy. Yeah, there are. there is some death. I thought but I remembered I just a little didn't death. Find it scary. Okay. So, would I recommend it? Yes. Will I read more? I'll at least read the third one. I already read the second, so that answers that question. But will I continue on to read about some of the other characters? Which I assume means that they're going to find scores of Irina out there in the world that have been walking through life thinking they're crazy because they can hear voices in their head. Um, and all of these poor Erin guys are going to find mates. It's definitely an interesting world. Yeah, I do remember liking the world a lot. And even when you did the synopsis, I'm like, well, this sounds intriguing. Like, Sounds she like a goes. To, well, this is in the second book, so I won't say. But da- you learn, you do learn in the first book that Damien, who is Malachi's boss, <laughs> basically his handler, has a mate who they have been living apart from one another since the rending. Um, and she's angry with him, and she lives in this camp of Irina. So a lot has given them safe housing. But you don't you don't really learn anything about that in the first book other than she's out there somewhere. So there there are definitely other characters in the book that are interesting characters. There's Reese, who's Malachi is kind of his best friend. They're like bros. Mm-hmm. And he <laughs> there's a funny part of the book after we learn that Ava is Irina and Malachi is trying to back off to give her options and Reese kind of tries to swoop in and flirt with her and see if you know maybe he can get something going on and he's prodding um, Malachi about that and so of course Malachi gets really jealous but it's it's sort of all in good fun because Reese knows that she's his mate from from the get-go he's just kind of waiting for he's almost trying to like do it to push them together together so that Ava can realize oh any sort of spark that I feel with you is nothing compared to that mate infused spark that I'm getting with Malachi yeah um so yeah I mean I really liked it as far as the the whole I've got a secret I think that's also a rich well to come back to because that's definitely like a huge trope in this type yeah. of book. I know. I mentioned that. I'm like, don't all of our like characters have secrets? Yeah. <laughs> like why we like them. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sure we'll revisit this theme again. Um, but it was a fun one. I mean, there's lots of other books I can think of to, to do again. The book I'm reading right now. She's got a big old secret that I'm still don't quite understand. (laughs) (laughs) So what's our, what's our next theme? Aliens attack. (laughs) Which I feel like 
excited about this because it's so different. Like, neither one of us really love the whole alien trope, but well, I say like I don't like it, but I hadn't ever read one before. So, well, I had. (laughs) Yeah, it's just one that I assume that I don't like because I don't like space stuff. So, but it's definitely there's a lot of books. I mean, I don't know if they fall into more like sci-fi romance or monster romance i don't know but i know honestly they feel really similar to me like a vampire could be an alien because you know vampires aren't human they're of earth but you know yeah they feel really similar okay yeah but that's it and uh you what are you reading you're reading the krenar captive by anna zares and then and for you i gave i had to read both because i hadn't read either of them because as i just said i've never read an alien book before um but i heard a lot of buzz about this one on the old internet uh and so i gave to you ice planet barbarian by ruby dixon yep so we'll be talking about those (laughs) (laughs) we'll talk about those next week and yeah thanks for joining us for another episode see you guys soon Bye. bye This has been another episode of the Sexy Scary Book Club with your hosts, Lisa and Jessica. We have more episodes available on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you pod. If you like us and want to hear more, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe. You can find us on Instagram at sexyscarybook or send us an email and tell us what you think at sexyscarybookclub.com at gmail.com.